what are you oriented towards? Where are you planting your feet? And if you're like yeah. to make money, to have a 10K month or a six-figure business, like to me, that's not enough. Here's a question for you. What does it really take to be successful as an online coach? And perhaps more importantly, how do you make sure that success isn't fleeting, but sustainable as well? If you've ever considered moving into the online coaching space, you're going to love this week's episode with Allison Tinney. Allison believes that through strength training and fitness, she can help women build next level strength, confidence, and the courage to seize their personal power. She's a certified strength and conditioning specialist through the NSCA and holds numerous other fitness credentials as well. Prior to her time as an online coach, Allison worked with collegiate athletes for 13 years as the assistant soccer coach and high performance manager for the women's soccer team at Seattle University. Now, if you're a regular to the show, welcome back. As always, love and appreciate you. And if you're new here, welcome. I'm Mike Robertson, and this is the Physical Preparation Podcast. In this show, we take deep dives into the art and science of coaching, cueing, program design, business, and personal development. Basically, anything to help you become a better trainer, coach, or rehab professional. Now, I don't know if you're currently in the online space or not, but if you are, you already know this. It's not easy. But that's why it was so refreshing talking to Allison, because she's been in the game long enough to see the ups and downs and knows what it really takes to be successful. So in this episode, we're going to talk about topics that every online coach should be thinking about, including why you should consider moving online in the first place, how to find and speak to your target market, the struggles you can expect at various points in your business, and how to make content that truly connects with your audience. Whether you're new to the online space or looking to take your game to the next level, I think there's something in this episode for everyone. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into this awesome new episode with Allison Tenney. Are you looking to make 2024 your best year ever? Would you like a full year's worth of training programs written and done for you? And would you like to dial in your nutrition, recovery, and mindset along the way to help you really level up across all areas of your life? If so, let me tell you about my RTS annual training program. If you're listening to this show, you realize the power of coaches. Whether you're a trainer or coach yourself or an athlete who has worked with coaches in the past, you know how hard it is to accomplish truly amazing feats on your own. Look, I'm no different. But here's the thing. Sometimes you want coaching but simply can't afford a private coach. After all, I realize whether it's in person or online, my private coaching program isn't for everybody. But what if I could still help you in more of a group style program? If this sounds interesting at all to you, my annual training group could be a perfect fit for you. In this program, we go through four three-month phases of training building the engine, leaning season, athletic domination, and stronger. But the cool part of this program is that it's more than just a training program. Every month, you'll not only get a new workout to follow, but we'll also add in monthly challenges where we develop habits with regards to nutrition, recovery, and mindset to help ensure that next year really is your best year ever. If you're interested in learning more about the annual training group, head on over to robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. Again, that's robertsontrainingsystems.com forward slash annual. Or if you have any questions or concerns or just want to learn more about the program, shoot me an email at mike at robertsontrainingsystems.com. 
and I will answer any questions you have about the program. Okay, that's enough for me. Thanks so much for listening, and I'd love the chance to work with you and help make 2024 your best year ever. My friend, thank you so much for coming on the show here today. Really excited to just reconnect and chat with you a little bit. Could you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I always start with soccer, actually. Yes. The origin story is always my story uh, with soccer. As a little soccer player growing up, I fell in love with sport. And that's really my story and background, particularly when it comes to like my body and movement and strength. Sport and soccer was my first love, and it has literally been the backbone for my story and like the thread that runs through it all. It's why I became a coach. It's why I started my business. It's how I met my husband. Like soccer has opened so many doors for me. That is truly the beginning of my story. I love it. I love it. Okay, so what led you to the world of physical preparation, right? I'm assuming it was soccer related Mm -hmm. as well, but how did you get started in this whole space? Mm. So it's so funny because I actually went to school and thought I would be a lawyer. I took the LSATs and deferred for a year. And at the time, I was a Division I college soccer player. I had always played competitive soccer, very high levels. And it never occurred to me that like, coaching could be a career. Mm. So really, I, yeah, I just don't think I saw a lot of strong females doing it at Uh really high levels. And I think when you don't see it, you don't understand what the possibilities are for you. So I had floundered for a bit. I was working at a, a law firm through school, took the LSATs and was like something in me was like, I'm just not quite sure. So I deferred for a year and started as a volunteer coach at my alma mater, fell in love with coaching and like literally the rest is history. So I thought I was going to be a division one head coach. So really went down the coaching at, at the collegiate level for many years, which kind of turned into this hybrid strength and conditioning role as well. So I was an assistant coach for many years, coaching the defenders, the back line. I was a center back and got all the coaching certifications, all the stuff. Yeah. In the world of collegiate strength and conditioning, particularly for women, when I was coming up, there weren't a ton of, it was really siloed. The coaches in the strength room weren't really interested in the women's soccer team. Yes, yes. (laughs) They weren't real high priority. And so I was like, cool, I'm interested in this. How can we fit together the on-field training with what's going on in the weight room? Because that is a critical piece. And I think there's... There was a lot of intersection, a lot of crossover between what needed to happen in the weight room, what wasn't happening in the weight room, and how that translates to on field. So I dove deep into, okay, how can I program in the weight room? How can I keep athletes strong, fit, healthy? And how does that translate into on field training? Because it was like they'd go into the weight room and try and do a one rep max test 
<laughs> yeah. You know, how does that translate into actual performance? So I sure. started in this hybrid role then of performance management. I was writing all the off-season programming, I was going into the weight room and doing the programming for the soccer team. And I was on the field with them. I was traveling with them. I That's was cool. managing and That's looking cool. at their minutes. We... God, before it was like the in thing, I was doing heart rate monitoring and GPS tracking and looking at HRV and marrying all of these things together for performance. Mm -hmm. So that's where I got like the strength and conditioning start because I was this sport coach that really wanted to enhance performance. And you do that through good yeah. strength and conditioning. But the performance piece, because they're a soccer team right? You want them to perform in their sport. So how do yep. we support that performance? That's, it was really fun. That's where I got my start. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's really interesting. I, first off, I see why you and Dave yes. get along. That's where we <laughs> Talking met. Talking about GPS. Yes. And, okay. So we met okay. because he was on the coaching staff at my alma mater. My husband, so for those okay. of you that are listening, my husband is in pro sports and I'm a little bit biased but he is <laughs> the best of the best yeah. and he's, yes, yeah, he's pretty good. And what's interesting, I'm sure we'll dive deeper into some of the behind the scenes and the whys. It was actually like a pain point for me towards the beginning of my career because mm -hmm. enter spaces and enter professional settings. And I would get introduced as Dave Tenney's wife. Oh, this is Dave Tenney's wife. Oh, and uh -huh. it kind of, and because people knew who he was, particularly in the sport world, the sport performance world, like the sport science world, I was trying to do GPS and heart rate and like similar things to what he was doing, but in the women's collegiate level where it was very new. Yeah. So when I would get yeah. introduced as, oh, this is Dave Tenney's wife, it was just like, oh, fuck, like, what do I have to do to prove <laughs> myself? Like, being married right. to this man does not qualify me. And I, like, definitely went down the rabbit hole of getting every certification and doing all of this stuff to be like, see, I do know these things. No, I respect yeah. that. I respect that. And it's funny, too. You talk about people not wanting soccer. This is how I got started as well mm. in the sense that when I was at Ball State, the first couple teams I got were all the cast off teams that nobody wanted, mm -hmm. right? My first team was women's volleyball. Nobody wanted to train women's volleyball. Then it was men's volleyball. Then it was women's soccer. Like, look, that's how I literally got my start. I'm, I'm a volunteer. I'm not even a GA. Yeah. I don't know if I'm supposed to have teams, but that's how I was getting teams. And I just remember Fridays. I thought it was amazing. It was chaos. If you walked in to the weight room and 2001, 2002 at Ball State, three o'clock on Fridays, it was me and 28 soccer players, yes. 28 girls just running around. It was madness, but I loved it. Yes, I was like, nobody else wants to work with these girls. I'm going to make them the best that I can. Yes. It was so much fun. I think that's one of the pieces that's really missing in the online space is the lack of in-person experience. And I'm not saying oh, these, you have to have these things to be a good right. performance coach or run a successful online business, but that in-person experience of, I've got a roster of 28 girls. Some of them are like starters. They have to be on the field for 90 minutes and others um, will never right. be on the field. They have to stay fit somehow. Like you have these different categories that even within your teams that you're not training 
these players all the same. And they're all coming up to you in the weight room, like, how much should I lift? And what about this? And this is bothering me. Right. And I'm tight here. And my trainer said this, but coach said, and you're just like, <laughs> okay, cool. You do this. There's, there's that like trial by fire of, yeah, nobody else is uh, going to take yes. this team. I'm going to figure it out. For yep. me, I was lucky because I had also played the sport and I played it sure. at a high level. And so I knew yep. what it felt like to be exhausted after a Friday, Sunday game. Yep. That type of experience allowed me to also gain their trust. Yep. When I would step on the yep. field and we'd be Huge. demoing things, you're like, oh, okay, I can step in. And they were like, oh, okay, this, this chick can play. And I think that type of right. experience allows your players to really trust you. And for me, that's a huge thing. Sure. If you're enjoying today's podcast and not already subscribed to the Robertson Training Systems newsletter, what are you waiting for? When you sign up, you'll get immediate access to materials that will help you write better programs, motivate people outside of the gym, and improve how your clients move and feel. Plus, the RTS newsletter is the only place where I announce up-and-coming events like virtual summits, live seminars, and my program design mentorship. And last but not least, I hate spam as much as you do, so I will only email you when I've got something valuable to deliver, something that will make you a better athlete, trainer, or coach. So if you're not already subscribed, head over to robertsontrainingsystems.com and register for our newsletter right now, today. Now, that's enough for me. Let's get back into this week's episode. Okay, so walk me from then, right? Like this hybrid sport mm. slash performance coach to where you're at now. Talk to me about the career journey and the arc that's gone on there because that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that we mentioned Dave because honestly, just by that his career trajectory has really dictated my career trajectory. Right. We were in, we just got married and he had taken a job with the Sounders. So we ended up in Seattle and I was like, all right, yep. I'm going to apply to every school in Seattle literally every school. Yep. Like I will work for free. I'll be your volunteer. I could, do you have a GA position? That's how I started at Seattle university as a GA and worked there for okay. almost nine years in that program. Oh, wow. During that time, Dave was building his career with the Seattle Sounders. They won an MLS cup. They were winning the open cup. Like he was thriving. He got an opportunity to go work in the NBA. It's so interesting yep. because like none of this, this is like all the behind the scenes of Allison yeah. and like the family piece. Cause I, I have gotten asked, are you a single mom online? Dave is nowhere <laughs> on my page in my business at all. And that is yeah. his choice, my choice. And also that like pain point of like, and my husband to like validate me in my business and what I do. Sure. Um, but sure. he got an opportunity, a really great career opportunity to go work in the NBA which was a big jump going from MLS and soccer to NBA and basketball. And we moved yes. from Seattle to Orlando and it took me away from soccer. And at that time, yeah. our kids were young. They were still little. I have two daughters. So when we moved from Seattle to Orlando, they were like in pre-K and like second grade. Like they were little. Yep. They were little. Yeah. And it was like, I can't 
I can't get back into so I don't want to be driving all over to like youth soccer practices to try and get a coaching job. There was only like two colleges, two or three colleges in the Orlando area. And it was just not on the table for me to stay in yeah. soccer. And honestly, I, I was ready. I think I was yeah. ready to be done with soccer. How athletes are like, I'm ready to be done with my career and they retire and they have that like that feeling, that knowing of I'm done. I'm complete. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I sure. really felt that way with my soccer coaching career at that point. I had started my online business as like a little bit of a side hustle, was doing some in-person stuff. And that break from Seattle U from soccer was like, oh shit, I have all of these skills, this expertise, this experience. I can really take this into the online world and set myself apart. And that's what I did. So it was in 2018 where I had, I was online. It was like before the whole online coaching thing was like a big right. fucking boom. And right. I had dipped my toe in, but it was when we moved and I didn't have soccer anymore. That was like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I'm all in, in my online business. Okay. Okay. So now I'm really interested. That's a big jump, it is. right? 13 years you've been in coaching, yeah. high performance training. What reservations did you have going into this? And would you mind sharing just what it was like getting started? I mean, I realize it was five years ago, but I still remember stuff from 15 years ago, open sure. the gym. So what did you go through? What reservations did you have? I think, and maybe people will resonate with this. It's a big identity shift. Sure huge identity shift for me. Soccer and performance and my body was a huge piece of who I am and my yep. identity. And so to brush over this, oh, I started a business and we moved and I went all in and yay, here <laughs> I am today. That's not it what It sounds happened. great though. It sounds great. <laughs> there, yeah, it, <laughs> it sounds, yes. It's a great little sound bite of, oh, if I can do it, so can you. And that's not at all how it went. That's not at all how it felt. There was some serious like identity shattering that had to happen because walking away from soccer while I knew it was the right thing, like I had a lot of self-worth wrapped up in performance, like still being able to perform at high levels, lifting at high levels, doing cool mm -hmm. shit with my body at high levels. That started to really fade once I had kids and having that, oh, I'm a division one soccer coach. I felt that really validated me. And let me tell you for the first like year that we were in Orlando, when people were like, oh, it's so nice to meet you. What do you do? I would say, oh, I was a division one soccer coach, but now I'm, I, I just run this little business on the yeah. back here. But I would always lead with, oh, well, right. I was a, a Division right. One collegiate yeah. coach. You were still tethered to it. And I didn't have that. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't have that as, oh, this is what I do. It was like, oh, this is what I used to do. But how do I feel validated? Where's my self-worth coming from? All of these things. And trying to get online where, you know, people are like, share your expertise and what's your experience and who are you? And I'm like, well, I, it was just this like wild space to live in. I've had 13 years here. I know what I'm talking about, but I don't want to be known as the soccer chick. How do I move right. forward? And that took some 
finagling, some figuring out, some floundering around yep. for sure. Who am I in this space? How can I show up? Where is my self-worth coming from? Those are conversations and questions that like people don't have online. <laughs> yeah, no, but like how long do you feel like it took you to work through that? I'm still working through that. <laughs> no, real? Wow. Okay. Okay. I would say it was like a solid year before I stopped introducing myself of, oh, I used to be a soccer coach or whatever. It was, right. I'd say probably like 18 months of some serious, oh, okay, I'm, you're running a business, Allison. This is not just like posting fun stuff online. Here's who I am in the space. I'm starting this business and like really going for it. What does that look like? I'd say it was about 18 months yeah. like transition, but then it's continued yep. to develop to deepen over the past few years. For sure. You go from like this to hyper focus. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're alluding to, too. There's a big difference between I post and I want to be like a, an IG or TikTok or whatever influencer right. versus no, I actually run a legit online business. Right. And social media is one piece of that. Correct. Right? It's like one of the marketing arms of that. Okay, this is a perfect segue. I would love to hear about your target market, right? Because again, you're trying to work yourself through all this. You're mm -hmm. trying to pump yourself back up. What is my identity? So was this something you were clear on when you moved online or did you just figure it out as you went? I think I figured it out as I went because I was figuring me out. Yourself out, yeah. As I went. And I think that's a big misconception. You see a lot of people online, a lot of business coaches online. And I say the same thing, but I, there's like a second piece of the conversation that's left out. It's what's your niche, find your target market. Who's your ideal client? Who's your ideal customer? Help them, serve them, speak to them. Meanwhile, you have, you're not tethered to anything. You don't know who you are yeah. in your self-worth and your value. So then you show up online and it's like the wild west of wanting to be seen, wanting to be validated by these like random people out there that you're trying to like help yes. and serve and show what an expert you are. That is a recipe for disaster. So for me, point. it was doing the internal work of the identity piece, the healing piece, the like, who am I without soccer? Who am I without coaching soccer? Who am I without like high performance? I went from like professional soccer, division one athlete as like the identity. I mean, like I tell this story and I'm sure like your athletes could probably relate. Like in college, you were known as your name and your sport. So I was Allison soccer. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like trying right. to like undo some of those like identity pieces is like a big deal. It's a huge unraveling. And so for me, it was unraveling those identity things, rebuilding it back up to know where I was orienting to. And I yeah. don't think people orient towards self-worth, towards sufficiency, towards abundance for themselves. It's all these scarcity tactics of comparison and worry and fear and shame. And you're, that that's two different places to orient from. And so my work yeah. was to do the unwinding and the healing to orient myself in this abundance place, like sufficiency place, so that when I went forward in my business, I was like, 
wanted women to get fucking strong, build muscles, perform well. I was still helping. I mean, my alumni, I still have at least five or six of my women's soccer alumni that are in my coaching programs now, right? Like awesome. I have all yeah. of these athletes that still come back to me because there's a compassionate piece to it, because there's a self-worth piece to it. It's not just, let me help you lose 10 pounds. Let me help you get the six pack. Let me help you get the squat sure. PR. It's more than that. And I think my content online and my business is oriented towards that messaging. Now, do I like slam people over the head with it? I no, because if you try and say that online, it's like very nuanced <laughs> conversation, right? That shit Absolutely. doesn't land in like the marketing world, but that's what I orient myself towards. And so that was the, like the transition for me with the business. Yep. That's so interesting because you see that a lot with athletes mm. just in general. Yeah. And for you as a coach, I'm just thinking through this number one, like thinking about the high level athletes that I've worked with over the years, the ones that struggle the most are the ones that don't have like a plan post career. Yeah. Right. Not just a similar timeline to you, right? Like they play the sport their whole life. Then they go and play professionally 10, 15 ish years to your entire life. Not just your identity, your entire life is wrapped around this. Yeah. So if you don't have some sort of on-ramp into something else, they really struggle. And I could totally imagine this, right? Like I I think of myself as a coach. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of my identity is tied up in that. That's why I'm not coaching at the gym. I'll coach Kendall's soccer team whenever I can or totally. Kay's baseball team. Yeah, that would be really weird to just cut that and then move on. And yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of reflection and a lot of soul searching that goes on to try and figure out, okay, who am I beyond this part of myself? Beyond the, the business too, I think there's a lot of self-worth wrapped up in like, how many followers do I have? And how's this launch going to go? And yep. all of the metrics, all of the KPIs that we're tracking oh, yeah. and we track like yep. they're KPIs. They, we track you them. You have to. We have yeah. to, that's part of it. So I'm not saying don't track. It's all about self-worth and peace, love, and light. No. <laughs> but again, like if you're orienting yourself from it's only worthwhile if my followers continue to grow or if I have a bigger launch next time, or like you're constantly moving that goalpost, you get yes. caught in that if-then conundrum, right? If I have a big launch, then I'm a successful business. If I have athletes that get PRs, then I'm a good coach. All of your sure. self-worth is wrapped up in like that result. And what yeah. if you don't have that result? Like, like shit just crumbles. And yeah. I was tired of crumble. Like I was there, right? Like I, it was just, I was tired of falling apart. I was exhausted. Like here I am with two babies trying to coach division one soccer with a husband who's gone for two, three weeks at a time during preseason traveling for games, like every, yeah. every other weekend, like that was an yeah. MLS. You go to the NBA it is way worse. Absolutely. So it was in, like, I, I always like chuckle, like people wonder if I'm a, a single mom because again, Dave's like nowhere. <laughs> I was like, sometimes it does feel that way. That exhaustion of that, I just felt like I had to constantly be working for my self-worth had to end. Yeah. No, I get it. Okay. So every business, uh, 
let's start over. Every business owner has struggles throughout their business. What I found is they evolve along with you, right? And it's not this, Mm -hmm. once I do this, then everything will be great, right? So I'd love to hear about the evolution, like maybe what some of the struggles were early on, right? 2018 Mm -hmm. and 40 talked about that, but what were some of the early struggles? And then five years in, you've grown, you are more successful. What are some of the struggles you're dealing with now? I think some of the struggles early on, there's, isn't there some saying if entrepreneurs knew at the beginning, like what they'd be dealing with, they would never become entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. this, yes. this idea that I'm a really good coach, like I can watch people move and understand like this one cue will fix the rest of this. When you can take like complex things, like you can understand the complexity of movement and the human body and training because you've studied all the physio, right? All of that stuff that like, good coaches should be able to do, I can really simplify it. So I was like, I'm a good coach, right? right? Like I know this about myself. That doesn't translate to a successful business (laughs) all the time. Not at all. So I think that like misconception from the beginning, oh, I was a soccer coach. So I'll just do this stuff online and I'll just write programs and people will buy them. And this will be great. This will be easy. Wrong. Right. Yeah. So wrong. Like you have to be the good coach. You have to be able to spot the movement. You have to have an emotional intelligence to understand the human, like full complex chaotic human that shows up in front of you, even online, even inside of an app, like their kids are keeping them up. They've have a nine to five, all that stuff. I'm really good at the relationship piece and the coaching piece, but I had no idea how much time energy, effort, money would be required of me to actually build the business side that requires systems and planning and structure and marketing and all of the things that like you have to run a business Yeah. at the beginning. That was like a huge learning curve to me. Yeah. Look, I always tell people, You better be one hell of a coach when you decide to go out on your own because you just bought yourself a second job. You just bought a whole second job, like systems and operations, marketing, selling. Those are all the things just that get you to the point where you can actually just do your job. Yes. Right. That's what people don't understand. There's all these steps. Now you get to coach. And look, I hate to tell you this. There's a lot of people that are really good at all this stuff. They're probably better than you. That it doesn't matter. You could be the best coach ever. But if you can't get this person from A to B where they actually sign on with you, you never get to work with them anyway. That part. Yeah, that For part. For sure. Yeah. That part. I think that's one of the big misconceptions with social media too. Like it it can feel like a lot of smoke and mirrors and it is a lot of smoke and mirrors. And so it's this, you got to be in it for the long haul for people to like really get to know you and trust you and see like the value that you can bring to them. Like I show up because I know my value. I don't have to work. I don't have to like work for my value online. I don't feel like I need to be validated by people online and people have to trust that you can solve their problem. Yeah. Even if I'm like, I I don't talk about myself as a weight loss coach. I don't talk about weight loss, period. Now, I don't shame people for wanting to lose weight. We have to meet people where they're at because like diet culture will do a number 
particularly on women, men as well. But diet culture will screw us all up. I want to meet people where they're at, but I'm not going to market myself as like a diet coach or a weight loss coach or promise big booty get. I don't market (laughs) myself like that. Yeah. Those are flash and pan. Those are like quick things. It's a longer process to get people through my doors. But let me tell you, the right people come through my doors because of the way I position myself and market myself and talk about fitness. And then when those people are inside, they stay. Yeah, I've had people in my programs for years because the sustainable approach, the smart approach, the fit, like all the things that like aren't sexy. Yeah. <laughs> actually work. We know they work, but they're so much harder to market to. And I think that's where people get stuck in the marketing online because booty programs and like half naked bodies and no shame. Like I'm not into the body shaming. I just think as a business owner from a business lens, it's a longer on-ramp when you choose to talk about your stuff in certain ways. Yeah. And I've chosen to take a much longer on-ramp. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Let's talk about that because I think that's absolutely on point. That's exactly what I do as well. I'm not promising, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to get your shoulder or your knees bulletproof in two weeks, right? Like that doesn't work, right? Isn't, oh my gosh, that drives me insane. But I'd love to talk about that and talk about this idea of building a long-term sustainable business because ultimately I think that's what we're in it for. We don't want people that are flash in the pan, the person that wants like the trial. Oh, can I just test you out for a week? Like by the time somebody gets to me, I want them to know, hey, look, Mike's gonna ask for four months. That's what I do, whether it's programming, mentorship, I'm not going to fix your stuff in a week or two. So we're going to take some time and just know this is going to be an investment on your part because I'm going to invest in you. So I'd love to hear about just like how you came to that point. What made you realize, look, I'm just not going to sell what's sexy. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to sell the sizzle without the steak. What Mm -hmm. made you think I'm going to do this the way I want to do it because I feel like it's going to help me build a long-term and sustainable business. Mm. I think it for me boils down to my values and how I want to show up in the world. Okay. And I go way deeper than a lot of people do in the fitness industry when it comes to these ideas. I feel like I'm a little sneaky this way. I do a lot of work offline, a lot of like therapy, healing, anti-racism work that has really affected the ways I show up online. Like Mm. I want women to understand their light and their power in a world that tells them you're not enough and it tells them you have to fit in certain boxes. Like the patriarchy and capitalism and white supremacy and these systems of oppression and power structures keep us small and boxed in. Mm. And so I do a lot of work offline that looks at those systems of oppression, that looks at like, how do I contribute to them? 
How do I fit into them? What is my privilege as like a thin white woman in the fitness industry? What's my role? What context are we operating in? We operate in the context of bodies. As fitness professionals, we understand the body, but we don't look at it from inside the patriarchy or inside white supremacy or inside sexism or misogyny or what like these big structures at play that we're just swimming in all the time. I want to look at those things and fight those things, but not in a way that's I'm going to beat my head against the wall. Am I going to solve patriarchy with my little fitness business? (laughs) No. Right. (laughs) Right. Right. No. And I can also use tools of abundance that can point to solutions and that can point to different possibilities than using shame and fear to make women feel small that they need to lose 10 pounds and I can solve that for them. So come give me your money. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm going to tell them how strong they can be, how strong their ligaments, their bones, how connected and grounded they can be to their personal sense of power and what that looks like and how that can change their life. That's what I want for them. And to me, I'm like, that's fighting the patriarchy because for that one woman, how can she show up differently for her family, for her kids, for her community? Those are the tools of abundance that I want to implore people to grab onto. So instead of pointing to all of the problems, yeah, we have to point out the problem, Sure. but I want to be part of the solution and part of the possibilities. So that's like where my business is oriented towards. Like when we talk about like, where are you rooted? Where are you planted? I always love like fitness for this because as coaches, we understand, okay, set up for your deadlift. People are like, yeah, root those feet, plant your feet so that you can push the floor. But when it comes to like your values and how you want to guide people and the type of community you want to build, like what are you oriented towards? Where are you planting your feet? And if you're like to make money, to have a 10K month or a six figure business, like to me, that's not enough to keep me rooted and planted in like where I want to be and where I want to take these women that I'm working with. Yeah, I love that. So I had this guy, Dan Uyama on the show, mm. Uemara. I get him confused. There's another guy, Uyama. But regardless, he talks about this idea of your North Star metric. I mean, your North Star metric should be something beyond revenue, right? It's something mm-hmm. that drives your business. Now, maybe revenue is tethered to it in some way, but yeah. your business, if it's just about numbers and just about revenue or whatever, ultimately, it's not going to be as successful and you're not going to be as fulfilled from it. As you potentially you're going to get burnt out. Yeah. That's where like burnout comes from. Because again, like in a cap, like we're like capitalistic society where like it is never enough. Yeah. Like you reach a certain goal point. Cool. You hit a 10K month and you're like, okay, what's next? Like it will never be 12K, then 15. Like it's never enough. Yeah. It's never enough. And that's where we get into these like tools of scarcity because scarcity always works right? Just lose that 10 pounds, just look this certain way, just hit that PR, just make that team uh, hit like the. There's always, we live in this society where scarcity is everywhere. Yes. You have to actively engage in tools of abundance 
to be something different. And I want my business to be something different in the fitness industry. I say where you are more than a number on the scale and more than a number on a barbell. I can help you move the number on the scale and the number on the barbell. That might be an outcome, but it's not my why. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, two things I keep hearing. You haven't said them directly, but two things that I always talk about that I know Mm. we're pretty aligned on. Number one is selling a vision to our Mm. clients and to our athletes, right? Because sometimes they come to us, they don't have a vision for themselves. So it's like having a strong enough vision, like seeing in them, what they don't see in themselves yet. I feel like great coaches do that. And then second, you talked about KPIs or, hey, I want to achieve this, whatever, instead of the outcome, focusing on the process and the building and the development side. Imagine the growth that you have, even if it is something arbitrary, like losing 10 pounds, imagine the process and what you learn about yourself and your body in that process, like so much more powerful than just being focused solely on the outcome. And that process can look really different depending on what coach you're working with. Like you want to lose 10 pounds. There's some pretty awful ways to do that. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) So we talk is like, talk about focusing on the process, like what behaviors and like behavior change are you trying to implement for that process? That matters too. And again, like where you ground yourself, where you're rooted to and what you're oriented to matters. Because if I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to hit a new PR, if I'm going to go like overtrain six days a week and go, you have an all or nothing mindset and I'm going to shame myself and berate myself for not showing up or I'm like, ew, that I will get to the 10 pounds that way. Yeah. And where, what type of change have I actually gotten? Right. Probably right back where I started just 10 pounds less. And now it's going to be something else. Yeah. And you're miserable during that process too, right? There is no joy in that journey. Okay. So this is a pretty good segue as well, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on messaging as I feel Mm -hmm. I'm not your target market, but I enjoy, Mm -hmm. I always look at things like when I read somebody's stuff online, I'm like, no, I totally get why she says that or who she's speaking to. So how Mm -hmm. do you go about finding, or how did you go about finding that right message for your market? I think so often we can speak to previous versions of ourselves. And so a lot of times when I'm thinking about my marketing, my content and my message, number one, I'm thinking about my own journey. What's my story? How have I evolved? And extracting some of the messages, like where was I five, 10 years ago? I take myself back to those stories. I retell those stories because the thing that connects us is universal human emotions, like feeling isolated after having a baby or two babies with postpartum depression, fear, shame. While not everybody might've been a division one soccer coach, they probably understand the identity crisis that happens when there's a big shift in your life, right? So I can tell my story of being a division one soccer coach and shifting away from that career. And when I tell that story, I'm telling it through the lens of connection and tapping into a universal human emotion that I want to connect with other people. 
Yeah. I think for, for me to show up online and I'm like, I, maybe the gurus or the experts will say something different. Like I want to be seen. I want to be seen as a human. I want to be seen as more than just a fitness expert, more than a online business coach. I want to be seen in my complexity and social media, I caveat, isn't like the best place for those things. Sure. But I want to bring that humanness into the online space. That's a little dicey right. <laughs> sometimes. Like right. <laughs> I will post and have a vulnerability hangover and be like, was this TMI? Right. But I'm running it through my lenses of what needs to be said. Does it need to be said by me? How helpful is this? Is this showing people different possibilities? Am I moving the dial just a little bit to show them that there's a better way? And I think my way is the best way. Right. Like, I'm allowed right. to think that. Can I put content out that's aligned with me and who I want to be as a human, as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, right? All of my identities yep. and marry that with my experience, my expertise. I know I'm a good coach to move the dial for other people, to show them there are better ways to honor your body, to create better for your life, to not have to battle that self-worth, that isolation, this like myth that it's just me, that I'm alone, that I have to do these things, that if I journal and meditate and get up early and hit five workouts a week and do it like me, we're so stuck in this me story. I want to show people that like, that's not true. That's not going to get you where you want to go. Now I use strength and conditioning as like the vehicle is like the communication vehicle to get people there, the training vehicle, because you're always practicing something. What are you practicing? Are you practicing shame? Are you practicing fear? Are you practicing doubt? Are you practicing like being mean to yourself? You're practicing those things. Right. So that that's, I just gave you like a very comp, like I'm trying to like bring all of those things into the online space to talk to the demographic of women who are probably over 30, who identify as athlete in some capacity, like all of these identity pieces and demographic pieces. But that messaging of there are possibilities and this is the path to these possibilities for you. Yeah. Have you ever read the book Story Brand? Are you familiar with that idea? Okay. So you literally just explained their methodology right? Mm. Like you're telling your story, but here's the unique thing, right? A lot like the best stories, right? And you can talk about just about anything. The one that always comes to mind for me is Star Wars, right? Because I'm yep. a nerd like that. But it's like the the hero in the show is Luke, but the mentor is Yoda, right? And so too many fitness influencers, they want to be the hero and then sell you, hey, look at me. You can look like me versus you are the mentor right? You're trying to say, hey, look, these are the mistakes I've made. Here are the things that I have struggled with. Let me help you so you don't struggle with those same things. Like literally, that's what you just explained. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so powerful because too often we get caught up in like a lot of times when we get in these kind of moments, it's we're trying to be the hero versus looking at, no, 
we're farther on this path. Our job is to help the people that are coming behind us so they learn from our mistakes and so we can hopefully guide and mentor them so that they are happier, more successful, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think, again, like we like to really center ourselves. <laughs> like we're, it's human nature. Like I want to be, I think I'm like the center of the universe and being able to zoom out and understand that we are interconnected. One of the practices or one of the things I like to remind myself of is of our interconnectedness. That I have not just built my business by myself, even as a solopreneur, right? right. Allison Tenney Fitness LLC has been, there's been so many people that have contributed to that. And so for me to say, oh, I've done all of these things to build a successful business is just a lie. Yeah. And you ha we have to remember like our interconnectedness as like humans in general. And I want, I, I like to come back to that idea of this idea of separation, of being alone, of doing things on your own, of, oh, I just work really hard. And so I'm successful. Like those things are half truths. Yeah. Can feel a certain way, but the truth is you're not alone. The truth is people believe in you. They want to help you. And I like, maybe it's rose colored glasses and sometimes it like does bite me in the ass, but I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And again, speak to our highest self. Yeah. Just finished up this book called The Psychology of Money. And it sounds mm, very- I've heard of that uh, one and uh, I want to read it. It's really good. But one of the things he talks about there is the difference between optimism and pessimism. And one of the mistakes people make is they would assume that an optimist just thinks everything is hunky-dory, right? Everything is perfect. That's not what an optimist is. An optimist is somebody that just thinks over the long haul, things, i.e. my life, will progressively get a little bit better. That's all an mm -hmm. optimist is. It's not, oh, everything's going to be perfect and I can light my house mm -hmm. on fire. And like, it doesn't work like that, <laughs> right? I can't just not parent my kids and they're going to be perfect. It doesn't work like that. But if you do the right things, over time, things will get progressively better. And I think that's such an important outlook to have, right? And again, it comes from that place of abundance versus scarcity. Yeah. Very powerful. And I wish more people in the online, like when you're running an online business, it's so important to be grounded and connected to that. And it sounds like a... Quit. Okay, on this podcast, I can tell you to be connected to your values. That takes a lot of work. Yeah. A lot of work. And most people, if I was like, what are your core values? Like with the women that I work with in my business to help them run their online business, like, I don't really know. Like, what's your why? And they'd start, I mean, you just get like dribble of, I want women to, to be strong and confident. Oh, okay. We all want women to be strong and confident. Cool. Right. But like deeper more detail, give me more. That like work, people don't see online. Number one, I'm not sharing that online. All you're seeing is like, oh, Allison's content hits differently or it, it lands differently or because I've dug into what are the tools of scarcity? What are the tools of abundance? How can I lean more towards abundance and gratitude? And again, not everything's like peace, love, and light, right? But I have mentors and communities and places to practice and push me and get really fucking uncomfortable offline 
to be able to show up in my business online and have content that lands the way it does, to have my website look the way it does, because I've written that copy. I'm directing all of that stuff, like, again, yeah. because of the, like, internal work. Yes. And I think people really shy away from that hard internal work and to be brave enough then to put it out on the internet because yeah. we're really scared of getting trolled, of being canceled, of getting dragged, or what are people going to think, or who does she think she is? And I'm, this is who I think I am. And if you don't agree, there's the unfollow button. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to go cry. But people are like, oh, I don't care. No, I care a lot. I'll go cry and be butthurt to my husband. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop. Right. And I, or it's not going to prevent me from my mission, from my why, from like my values. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Look, just to give you a frame of reference, people will, anytime you're creating content or putting yourself out there, pe there there's no filter on the internet, right? People can say whatever they want. I mean, mm -hmm. you guys know, I create a lot of content for IG, YouTube, all that good stuff, podcasts. But like, literally, I put up a post the other day and had a hashtag on YouTube. It was leg workout. And the guy was like, I don't think this is a good leg workout exercise. This is more of a, I'm like, dude, we're really arguing about a hashtag right now. Again, people will say what they want. It's okay to be butthurt for a second, but don't let it stop you. I get annoyed too. And initially you're going to want to respond to everything, right? I went through that phase. Oh no, you're wrong. And here's why. And next thing I know, an entire day of my life has been spent arguing with some random internet troll that lives in his mom's basement versus, Hey, you know what? There's a thousand other people that saw this and it made a positive impact on their life. So having that kind of just vision and having that perspective is important. So let's talk about content creation because something we're both passionate about. Something mm. as a entrepreneur, especially as an online entrepreneur, you got to do. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Why is it important? And what tips do you have to making yourself show up even on days you don't or just being more consistent about content creation as a whole? Mm. For me, content creation is like the first filter. Like I know who I want to work with. Yep. Um, I want sustainability in my business. I know the type of client that I really vibe with. And so if I'm not putting out content that speaks to that, then I'm not going to attract the, the right type of people. Sure. So number one, if you're only putting out what you think is trending or popular or cool or gets likes or will go viral, you're going to attract people that you don't want inside your business. I have a three month, you have a four month, I have a three month minimum inside of my programs. I'm like, because I write in three month training blocks. Yeah. I want people that are like, oh, I know the value of a plan. I know I'm in it for the long haul. I understand this type of sustainable, compassionate approach. That's why they come through my doors. So my content better speak to that. So that's number one is my content acts as like the front door to my business. And I want that to be the filtering system that I'm using to allow people in. Because also the way my business is set up, you can go on my website right now and join my program. There is no application. There is no, oh, I let a wait list where maybe like you can just go on my website and sign up. So again, if my website isn't clear, if my content isn't clear, you're going to sign up and be like, whoa, this is not <laughs> what I was expecting. Right. 
And I really pride myself on integrity is one of my core values. And so I want my communication to be really super clear about fine. Like I post my prices. I am just really clear about exactly what you're going to get, when you're going to get it, because I'm managing your expectations as a client that is going to be inside of one of my containers. And I see my containers as this like compassionate, soft place for you to land yeah. and do the fucking hard work, right? I know I talk a lot about compassion and intent, like all this kind of deeper stuff. And also you're going to work. Yeah. <laughs> it, takes, it takes hard work. Right. It's a both and. So when I'm creating content, I want to speak to the possibilities, my mission, my values. I also like having fun. Like I will dance on social media. I will do trend. Like it has to be fun. That's one of the tools of abundance for me is showing yes. you like, I'm going to like it. It's not that deep. Right. Right. <laughs> right. This ought to be fun fun. It's I, you miss a day. I don't care that much. I also want to show up and be like, oh, we're doing fitness people. Chill. Right. <laughs> like it's not brain surgery. You're not. Yes. We're saving lives. I get it. Like you can go down that rabbit hole and also lighten up. <laughs> so that I use that as like a filtering system. Yeah. I like that. One of the things that I've tried to do is whenever I record something, cut it up, use it multiple places. I think that's just a standard piece of, of advice. But one of the things I actually took from Julia Glanz, who was on this sh show a couple months ago now, she's amazing. I just, I think mm. the world of her, but one of the things I, I asked her a similar question because she's got a very strong audience. She's got a very strong message, knows her target market. I said, you post like super frequently, like how do you not burn yourself out? And one of the things she said to me really resonated. And she just said, look, I like give my permission to not have a great day every day and show up mm. in the way that's best for you. So if it's today you feel great and you're just, everything's awesome. The sun is shining. You had a great workout, da -da, whatever. Okay. Hey, that's the day I'm going to go on. And I'm going to do a lot of like light bubbly stuff. There's other days where I'm just not feeling it. Maybe I'm more introverted for whatever reason. Hey, that's the day I'm just going to do like a typed post or something yep. like that, right? Find ways to show up in whatever level of energy you have available that day. And I think that's such a sustainable way to do it. It's just like when you go in the gym, right? The people that burn out and crash and burn are the ones, oh, my HRV's tanked. I slept three hours last night. No, I'm hitting a PR today. Like those are the people that burn out, right? It's not right. sustainable. So find ways to make it sustainable. I think so important. Like There's a key theme a for today, right? Sustainable. Yes. There's such like a connection. I love using fitness as like the communication vehicle. Cause again, when you're talking to at least my target market, like my niche are women who want to strength train. They yeah. already understand the value. I'm not trying to convince them that you need to do this. It's more like, how do we find the time? What's the plan look like? Is this the right fit for you? So when we talk about like fitness, they, they, the connection is there. What is your capacity? on any given day. Yeah. I'm posting yesterday I posted 3 times. Okay. I had 3 posts that I created in real time and posted 3 times yesterday. Most of like my posts are made that day in real time. 
for a lot of people, that is not possible. Yeah. But it's possible for me because one, I've done the work to really understand my message so that when I see trends or things that I'm like, oh, that's a cool way that creator did that. I know immediately how to recreate it for mm -hmm. me and my business and my audience. So oh, I can take smart. trends pretty easily and recreate them. Be like, oh, this food blogger did this thing and it's turning, you can go into the audios and be like, okay, top performing posts. They're all following this like kind of structure. Cool for the fitness industry. And for my audience who wants to hear about compassion, sustainable approach to strength training, I can do it this way. And then I just go do it. I love it. And a lot of times I tell my, my business people this too. A lot of times I feel like most of my posts, most of my social media is really C plus work. It's passing. It's yeah. C plus on a good day when I'm like, my capacity is more, I'll really feel, I, I, but again, I'm not like doing the cover photos and I'll forget hashtags and I'm not like I don't follow a lot of the rules. But every day I'm posting at least once, maybe two or three times a day. And it's that cadence and that repetition that now I don't need to write out like some big plan or whatever. Like my brain is just looking for right. ways to run it through my own filters. Yeah. Yeah. You got to take some in to then put some back out. But yeah, I love it. Okay. One more, and then we'll start to put a bow on this. But okay. for the audience, a little backstory as to how this uh, particular show came about. I obviously follow Allison, obviously think highly of her. And she posted somewhere. I don't know. You can help me out here if it was a story or a main feed post. But she's just talking about this person that's, oh, let me tell you about my two a or two hour morning ritual. And immediately you're like, nope, this is not for me. And, and I just had to DM her. I'm like, oh my God, all the yes. Because tell me you're a 24-year-old life coach without mm -hmm. telling me you're a 24-year-old life coach, right? We have kids, right? Like my morning routine is, hey, I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to make sure Cade gets out of bed, feed him some breakfast, comb his hair, brush his teeth, get him on the bus with minimal complaints. That's my morning routine. With that being said, I would love to know how you juggle all the things in your life, right? You're a mom, you're a wife, you're a worker bee with your own business. You are a human being. So how do you make it all happen? I don't. <laughs> I, I think one of the rackets that is run on all of us is that there's some magic way to make it all work. Right. I think the the post that you're referring to, it was something, and again, I was like scrolling and I saw somebody else post something similar about being a female entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, that really resonates. But for me, it looks like this. Right. I'm more interested in the female entrepreneur that's running her business at the sports events, at school pickup line, in between breastfeedings, it, like in the yeah. wee hours of not from the 24 year old millionaire that's traveling overseas and showing you her travel blog stuff like that right. doesn't resonate with me. It just makes me feel bad about my life. And I have an incredible life that right. I have actively chosen every step of the way. Yep. And I'll still feel bad about my life because I'm watching some 24 year old millionaire, like good right. for her. I want all of us to fucking get it and win, but not at my expense of doom scrolling. Right. 
So when we talk about like morning routines and like, how do I do it? For me, I never feel like, oh, I'm doing it all and look how successful I am. That just is not how it lands or feels on the inside. My morning routine looks like Dave, like nudging, being like, get the fuck up, Alice. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm not a morning person. And I say, I'm not yeah. a morning person, of course. So behavior change person. And, and then I have all of the things of, but you could be a morning person. But if you got up at five o'clock in the morning, Alice, and you could have your workout done, you could have, oh, blah, no. blah, blah, right? That is going. And there's this huge misc, like my work is turning that volume down. The misconception is that we can somehow heal or do routines or meditate or do the thing that like that will go away, that I can somehow magically make that go away. I no longer think that. My practice is to turn that volume down because my morning routine is also getting my kids like I'm like literally so regimented, get up, get my kid up, then brush my teeth, then get downstairs, pack the lunches, take one kid. I mean, I'm the one that's like taking one kid to school, coming back, feeding the other one breakfast, then taking that kid to school. It's like yeah. over an hour of all that stuff, right? That's yeah. my morning routine. And then after that is when I get to, okay, now I get to sit down, have my cup of coffee. I'm going to scroll social media, catch up on my DMs. What are the trends for today? What's kind of going on the gram? Right. What are my emails like? Like I will bop around. I don't time. I'm like, maybe I time block, but not intentionally. Like I just fall into different rhythms. I never feel like I get it all done. And That's my best friend myth. calls it like, calls it the Allison way. I'm a sprinter, yeah. not as an athlete, not like yes. an athlete, but like, no, I get it. This athlete mentality of like, when I start something, I can't help myself. Here's a perfect example. My website was a hot mess. I hadn't really touched it since 2018. And I had launched a program called Alpha. So my two signature programs are the Den, which is more basic and foundational, not beginner. And then I introduced Alpha, way more like high level geared towards like athletes, sure. like right five days a week. Okay. So those are my two signature programs. Alpha wasn't even on the website. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like I launched it like offline, did the whole thing. So the website was like, no, oh, maybe I should add Alpha page to the website. So what do I do? I meet with my designer who now has an agency and a web page. We redid the whole thing. Yeah. Not just add the alpha page. It was like a whole new platform, a whole new design, like everything. And we did it in about six weeks, which to wow. do for a website. That's crazy fast. Crazy is insane. Fast. And yeah. let me tell you, there was a weekend where I didn't get out of my pajamas. Dave was like, are you okay? And I was like, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. But people don't see that. They just see the beautiful website. How does Allison do it all? Yeah. They don't. And I sprint hard on projects yep. and then I'll have to pull back yeah. and kind of recalibrate. And I don't mind fucking shit up. I hope yeah. we can square. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I will mess things up and I, Again, because of my content and who I attract and who's already inside my inner circles, they'll let me know, hey, your website thing, like this didn't really work. I'll be like, great, gr I'll go fix that. And oh, that email didn't send. And okay, cool. There's a trust factor because of my ecosystem that I have also created that I really appreciate. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool.
Okay. So no, I don't do it all. To wrap that yeah. up in a bow, yeah, no. I don't do it all. And I know how to sprint hard. I know how to do C plus work. And I really trust the people that get through that first door because of the content, yeah. because of the alignment there. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. Okay. Big question time. If you could okay. alter the space-time continuum and give young mm -hmm. Alice and Tinny one piece of advice, what would it be? I actually, this is, we talk about, what was the book you mentioned? The story thing? Oh, story brand. Story brand. Yeah. This is an exercise that I did with a coach who taught me how to tell stories. I have a brand story that literally the advice that I give my younger self is play big. Mm. I have this picture of little eight-year-old Allison as a soccer player that like is the inner child that lives in me. And I always want to go back and tell her like play big. I like that. Too often we get put, I was this like little wild child, like out on the soccer field. And it was the only time I felt really free when you're like in the zone. Yeah. That freedom of movement, that freedom of like expression, that was soccer for me growing up and being on the field was one of the only times I felt that way. And at some point I stopped that because of society standards, because of what it meant to be a strong woman and all of the boxes that like, it just gets like Put tighter in. and tighter and tighter. Yeah. And so to be able to go back and tell her, play a bit, break those, break those boxes. Don't put yourself in them. That's I love what I that. would say. I love that. And if you're a dude listening to this and maybe don't resonate with that just yet, have a daughter and then, oh, now I get it. Right mm. now I get it. Okay. Lightning round. Four fairly short questions. Your answers can be as long or short as you like. Number one, favorite part of owning your own biz and or working online? The flexibility. I want to drop my kids off at school. I want to pick them up. I want to go to all of their stuff. So yep. the flexibility that running my own business offers me, I post half my content sitting in my car. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I love that. That's the saying about entrepreneurs, right? You get to choose the 60 hours out of the week that you get to work. Nobody else tells Absolutely. you, you get to choose. Okay. Flip side of that, least favorite part of your business or content creation and how do you still make it happen? It is, I'm just always do, I can't stop. Okay. I like, when you talk about, oh, we get offline and take a break and have bound, I'm terrible at that. <laughs> so like full disclosure, I'm terrible at boundaries with social media. Now I, part of it, like, I love creating, like my yeah. brain, my personality, the way I create, I'm good at it. And so like when you're good at something, you double down yeah. and I have doubled down on the content creations. Part of my internal struggles, I wish I had better boundaries. I wish I would get offline more and I like being there. I like hanging out there. So it's like a, a both and for me, need yeah. better boundaries and it's what I'm good at. Yeah, no, I get it. Side piece of advice for people that are struggling with that, figure out which medium is best for you. If you like mm -hmm. con, if you like to educate and help and coach, one of those is going to work, right? If you like mm -hmm. to write, start a blog or do Twitter threads. If you like short form video, you can do TikTok or IG or YouTube reels. If you like long form video, YouTube, longer videos. If you like audio, you can do a podcast. There is a platform 
for basically everybody now. You just got to figure out what works best for you. Yeah, finding like that magic lane. Like I am not on TikTok. I st actually started on TikTok. Yeah. And that's how like real because I was pulling, I was creating the TikToks and pulling them over before reels started. Mm, yes. That was really the only time I was on TikTok. But I'm not on TikTok. I don't do threat. Like I am on IG because again, that's where I have the capacity. That's where I'm fast. Like I will just put out a post and hit publish. Like yeah, I am not sitting on content. I'm just putting it out. It's literally just dropping the bucket. 24 hour, you're on a 24 hour Absolutely. time reel, right? Like Absolutely. people are like, oh, let me plan out. I'm like, no, no. nobody <laughs> is watching you that closely. Right. And if you are that self-centered or egotistical to think that like people care that much about your content, like no. you got other things to think about. So I'm just no. like post and move. Did you get that from Shantae? Do you know That's Shantae? a Jill Coleman thing. Okay. I so Shantae love Shantae. And yeah. So they're, they're Shantae like, oh, and Jill are people. like, yeah. Yes. So I did Legacy, which is their intermediate business coaching thing, probably like two years ago. Yeah. I love them. They're so smart. They're so smart. Okay. Real question. Number three, how do you deal with Dave on a day-to-day -day basis? Is that why you put oh. him in pro sports? So you get like breaks from time to time? <laughs> oh, Dave. It's so interesting too, because again, people are like getting real insight into my marriage and just how wonderful that man actually is. <laughs> he doesn't get enough credit around my business side yeah. of things. I think he's more of a support than anything. And the way, because we were both soccer coaches, because we both understand what it takes to be successful at what we're doing. I like he travels a ton. He's in pro sports. Like his job is very demanding. I signed up for that. Right. I know what that entails and I'm running my own business. I'm not like concerned about his like we're because we have our own interests and because we're both independent, secure people. It's always this give and take supportive relationship. Yeah. I love it. So dealing with like, it's funny, like he's in charge of the family schedule. Wow. <laughs> I think people yeah. think, have a misconception. Oh, Allison must be like running around like crazy, doing all the things at a very young age. Like when our oldest, who will be 13 in February, when she started soccer, like a very young age, I was like, I cannot hold anything else in my brain <laughs> between like program, like writing programs and yeah. my clients. Dave deals with a team. So he gets like very specific, but like online, I felt like I was just managing so much. Like I'm not doing the schedule. Dave has always been in charge of our family schedule. So every day we check in and what do we have tomorrow? I'm like the Uber, right? Like right. I connect all the dots. I make it all work, but he's okay. Quinn has soccer practice from this to this. You drop her here. I'll take her here. Then you need to pick her up from here. Like he's yeah. coordinating that. Yeah. That's all him. Yeah. Now, of course, like, when he travels, I do those things, but right. he's just as much contributing and understands my drive and is not threatened yeah. by any of those things, which I think is important in a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell him he's going to, he's going to be getting a text soon. He needs to come back. I home. was it's asking him, I'm like, how far back do you and Mike, I was like, is it from the, I remember 
years and years ago, him and like Mike Boyle and probably you and Patrick Ward. Was it like the strengthcoach.com forum? Was like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The wow. Thing. Yes. Yeah. That was a thing. That was a thing. Yeah. Great memory. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. I'd almost uh-huh. forgotten about that. But yeah, I remember interacting with him there and coming to Seattle and doing the Sounders before I was even in the soccer space. I was just like, this mm-hmm. guy's a savage. Like, I want to learn from him. Mm-hmm. And great networking, great events. All right. Last yeah. but not least, number four, what's next for Allison Tenney? What are you working on? Excited about anything? What's your next sprint? My next sprint. I have this idea. I love it. I love it. I don't know if it will happen in 2024. So I just finished yep. the website, which now feels like really authentic, wonderful landing place for people to like find out about me and my programs and my style. That was a huge project. I also just hired another co-coach for Alpha. So I have a co-coach who basically, and now they're head coaches inside of the den and inside of Alpha. So I'm growing my team there. Those are all things that happened this year. What I would love to see moving forward for my business is a platform that can like house Mm. everybody. We're so disjointed between where they go for their programs and like how we interact online. I don't have a Facebook group. It's never been a thing. I'm not a community manager. I see myself as a coach, right? Like I don't do that stuff, but I have a six month like mentorship program called the Wolfpack where I do programming and we do more deep dive mindset work. I also have FitBiz Collective where it's three months online business coaching. I want a space where like, All of those people can meet and congregate and people are now building out their own personalized platforms for that. So I would Mm. love to have a platform where the den members and alpha members and my business members and Wolfpack are all in their little container. Yeah. Yeah. Inside of a platform. Okay. This is random. And if you're still listening, listener. Hopefully this will be of value to you at some point. First off, Allison, if you find something, please let me know. What I've started using here lately is Circle. Yeah. Have you done I've anything heard of with Circle? Circle? I've heard of Circle and I've heard of Mighty Networks. Okay. No experience with Mighty Networks. Circle is okay. great because you can put people in different areas. So you can mm. just have a general area, right? You could have a Wolfpack area. So the Wolfpack area mm-hmm. has access to the Wolfpack and the general area. So pretty slick. We are going to, we're using it with iFastU. I do it with my mentorship group. I like it. I'm working on making it more robust. So as I flesh it out, I'll send it over to you so you can Please let me know. You like, do you like the user experience? What do your clients say about it? Much cleaner than Facebook. And they're adding stuff all the time. Like they just added polls. You can drop videos and like you can create courses in it. It's pretty slick. Circle, if you're listening. Help your boy out. Throw me a sponsorship or something, man. Come brand on. deal. That's right. Brand deal for Circle and RTS slash iFast. Yes. Allison, this was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Where can my listeners find out more about you and all the great work you're doing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am living my best life on Instagram. I'm <laughs> at Allison Tenney, two L's, and my website, allisontennyfitness.com. Love it. I will get those links in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for your time. This is amazing. Appreciate you, Mike. All right, my friend, that does it for this week's episode with Allison Tenney. Really hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was very vulnerable, 
very eye-opening in a lot of respects. I think the portion where we're talking about maybe losing your identity or having to shift your identity or just refine your identity was really illuminating. Not something that I had ever thought about, but definitely made me think because let's be honest here, I consider myself a coach. I've been doing this 23 years and that's just in the gym. That's not even coaching my kids, coaching other people's kids, doing all of the things that I do that I consider to be coaching. So definitely some food for thought here. And that's just like the mental side of this. That's not even all of the how to build your online business information. So really hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you took a few things away from Allison's show. She is an amazing human being and I really enjoyed having her on. Now, if you enjoyed this show, please do me a small favor. If you have not already subscribed to the show, go and do that right now. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, the Amazon store, YouTube podcasts, wherever you consume content like this, go there right now and hit the subscribe button so you know each and every week when a new episode drops. So my friend, as always, thank you so much for your support. Love and appreciate you. And we'll be back next week with our next episode. Take care.